Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Passing Shot. Dominic Team wins home crown in Kitzbühel. Nick Kyrgios is up to his old tricks in Washington. And Rafael Nadal readies himself to defend Masters title in Canada. Hi Kim, we're coming up to our next double header of Masters and Premier events starting in Canada. We've had the main draws this week take place and we're coming to the business end of events in Washington, San Jose and Los Cabos. But before we get into all that, let's just clear up one thing that kind of confuses me every time we come to this point in the tennis season. What's the difference between the Rogers Cup and the Coop Rogers? Do you know what, Joel? That's something I've never really thought about before uh, until you've brought it up. So, um, well, I guess the Coop Rogers is the Montreal event because it's French-speaking part of Canada. Um, so I guess, but I mean, I've just always called it the Rogers Cup. But I mean, when I've just been like Googling it this week, I, it has kind of thrown up different things. And I'm like, Rogers Cup, Rogers Cup. Oh, yeah, Coop Rogers. So um, <laughs> it's one of those funny things i honestly was like i thought the rogers cup was just a catch-all term for like tennis in canada at this point in the year but but no um it's also made like doubly complicated because um because the men and the women's events switch between montreal and toronto every year so sometimes the keep rogers is the men's event and sometimes it's the women's event yeah, exactly. Although it would be awesome, wouldn't it, to go to Canada and just like do both in the same week as a fan, like to do a few days in one and then, I don't know, get a bus or a train to the other city. And then, you know, you can take off two cities, two tournaments. So it's on my list. Uh, well, Kim, I, on WhatsApp earlier this week, we were talking about we need to do a passing shot tour of North America and Canada, starting in Washington, going to Canada, then Cincinnati uh, and then finish up at the US Open. It needs that needs to happen. It does, and we could also throw in like New Haven or I don't know a bit of Newport uh, before we got to Washington, maybe or Atlanta. Like there's so many tournaments that like, we just need a good like six weeks US Open series passing shot on tour. Let's make it happen. 2020, <laughs> 2020. <laughs> let's crowdfund it. But yes, uh, yes. In the meantime, let's have a look at the. Sorry, let's have a look at the Rogers Cup and the Coupe Rogers. Let's start with the Coupe Rogers um, in Montreal with the men's draw, which, as I said, kind of took place earlier this week. And I guess for me, I, I you know, looking at the, the kind of top seeds, first of all, for a Masters event, I feel like it's quite surprising. We only have one of the big three playing. Only Nadal is playing 
Uh, Djokovic has said no. Federer has said no. I think they'll be back for, for Cincinnati. But really, we kind of um, only got kind of, yeah, one of the big three in terms of the you know real kind of star power, I guess. Well, if you've got Rafa Nadal, you don't need anyone else, do you? <laughs> <laughs> um, slightly biased opinion there from a Rafa fan. Yeah, I mean, also, yeah, it's it maybe slightly underwhelming. I mean, Rafa's got also probably a fairly easy draw, having a look at who he would face. I mean, I actually, I think maybe his toughest test comes in his first match against Alex de Menor, who won Atlanta last week. So, you know, perhaps, I mean, whenever they've played previously, Rafa's kind of one in straight sets but you know Alex de Menor is in perhaps better form um and then you know team is actually the second seed which you know I mean he's in good form he's just one kit's ball but this is a hardcore event now it's not clay so you don't know of Dominic team do you um yeah I mean I don't it's not really setting the world light when I look at this draw like that might sound a bit controversial <laughs> well I think you know this could be a potential I could I could definitely see a new, like, a, winner. a first-time Masters winner. Mm, yeah. As you said, I think when you're looking at the top, you know, kind of the top seeds, Nadal's got a pretty, you know, Bard de Menor's got a pretty, um, I'd say, easy draw. Um, Dominic team has been in Europe, is in Europe, and now he's going to fly to Canada and is going to go do. from clay, <laughs> is going to go from clay to hard in the space of a few days. So, you know, I'm not, I'd be quite surprised, I feel, if he got to the, you know, if, if he lived up to his um, seeding. Um, and then we have, you know, making up the, the top four seeds, we have Zverev and Sissipas. Um, and again, I've, you know, Zverev, uh, I think has got probably the most difficult draw. And I feel like that is a, um, that is a part of the draw that could lead to like a surprise name in the semifinals. I think he's, he could come up against Basilashvili who, um, who they've had a few kind of battles over this season and, and they could kind of, yeah, have a, have another... Um, I feel like there could be a potential upset there, but you know, Zverev also could play um, Cam Norrie in, in the second round. Yeah, that would be great to see, wouldn't it? I'd love to see how Cam can can do against Zverev. Um, and Tsitsipas as well, you know, he's just just lost to Kyrgios actually in the, the semi-final out in Washington. So, I mean, he's in, you know, fairly good form, but he might have a bit of a popcorn match against uh, Taylor Fritz in the second round, who, again, Taylor Fritz is in pretty good form. I think he's made, like, three... Out of his last four tournaments, he's made, like, three finals. So he is... um, He's on form. He's just lost in the Los Cabos final, I think, (laughs) to Schwartzman, which we'll get onto a bit later. But, yeah, there's some really good, like, early matchups possibly happening in the draw. And then, I mean deeper end of the tournament yeah I mean I can see Rafa Sitsipas semi perhaps and then I don't know possibly like Medvedev getting quite deep he's in the final of uh, Washington so it, it's yeah it's, it's interesting as we said last week it's a bit of a weird time of the season isn't it so you know it's the first kind of back on the hardcore after the clay and the grass so people kind of getting their groove what happens this week isn't necessarily going to indicate anything for the US Open it's still quite a long way off isn't it uh Totally. And kind of looking elsewhere uh, beyond the top four seeds, there are some real, um, real some highlights, I guess, in round one. There's a few matches I've kind of picked out. Um, you've got, uh, I think, 
I think the biggest one for me is you've got Grigor Dimitrov versus Stan the Man. Uh, <laughs> Again. Stan Pavrinka. Again. <laughs> they always <laughs> they seem play. To, yeah, they seem to always play each other in like round, well, in uh, in tournaments. I don't think Dimitrov, though, has beaten uh, Vavrinka in the last like two years. I think he's lost like the last three occasions. But um, like that's a matchup that, you know, I feel like a few years ago, they've won that could have been like a you know grand slab semi-final but we're getting in yeah round one of a, a Masters event it just shows you how far Dimitrov has fallen but yeah I think this is the 10th time they're actually going to play each other and Stan won the first two then Grigor won the next four after that and then Stan's won the last three so yeah of course you, you would have to go for Stan with that one um, particularly I, Kim <laughs> yeah particularly Kim because Dimitrov lost to I think Pella in Los Cabos and the scoreline was like six four six two, and and no one lie. When I saw that scoreline, I was like, "Oh, Los Cabos, that must be a clay court tournament." Cause yeah, it's in Mexico, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh no, it's a hard court tournament, and like Dimitrov to lose to Pella on a hard court so comfortably, ah, uh, it's just a very sad. It's a sad sign of the times, isn't it? Well, yeah, but Guido Peya, what was he? Uh, Wimbledon quarter finalist this year, so he is a man for all surfaces now, Joel. Oh, so yeah, well, okay. don't underestimate a bit of Guido Guido <laughs> Peya. <laughs> I, I feel like I just like think like anyone who uh, plays t- who is from South America is a clay court specialist. I know that's like You're completely him in a wrong box. of me. That's yeah, not fair. basically. <laughs> but Pella, please prove me wrong. I mean, he is proving me wrong, but. Um, yeah, we've got uh, we've got that match up. We've got, um, I guess, for Brit Brit fans, Edmund Kyrgios. I Ooh, think that could be a amazing. very tasty battle. For Kyrgios sure, Kyrgios seems to be on good form in Washington. Yep, he's in the final, which will be played later today. He just had a bit of a dramatic match against Sitsipas last night. I think there was quite a bit of racket smashing, and well, the usual, you know, from Kyrgios. What, what else do we expect? Um, yeah, so Kyle against Kyrgios first round. And also, as we just mentioned, Cam Norrie could face Zverev. He needs to come through Martin Fuksovic's first. And then Dan Evans is also still going in qualifying. So fingers crossed he can make it into the main draw. Um, but yeah, and we've also got a French affair. Benoit Pair against Gasquet. The winner of that would play Nishikori. So pretty decent. We've got Felix Auger-Elysim against Pospisil. All Canadian matchup. So that's a good one for home fans. And then, uh, yeah, Denis Shapovalov, again, another home favourite, I suppose, playing Uz Eber, PHH. Yeah, and, and I think I think Shapovalov could come up against uh, Dominic Team in the yeah, second round. I think so. And I, I remember, like, a few seasons ago, Shapovalov, I think, got to, like, semi-finals and, you know, had a... Yeah. Had a great. He may have even beat Rafa he beat along Rafa, the way. Rafa, I think, and got to the semis here. Um, I think two years ago. So wait, the men are in Montreal, right? So maybe you know he likes the Montreal side of the the tournament, the Coupe Roger. I I almost feel like he's becoming though like the forgotten man of the next gen, like yeah. already. Like, oh yeah, it, definitely. He's not really he's not really kicked on in the same way that kind of Sissipas has, I guess. And I don't know. Do you, what, but they I can't like all he... come through, though, can they? Like, you know, it's they can all have potential. They can all be lauded to do wonderful things in the future. But to actually make it is very tough. And you need to have a mix, I guess, of luck and, you know, circumstances and, you know, obviously solid hard work and a great work ethic. And I guess it's a combination of things. And another one that I thought was would have done better is Andrei Rublev. Um, you know, he's a up-and-coming young Russian and quite exciting prospects. I always quite like watching him play. 
Another um, angry Russian. Yeah, another angry Russian. <laughs> <laughs> but he, again, hasn't really done an awful lot. Certainly not what I thought he could have done. But, you know, we will see. But I wanted to move on to doubles, Joel. Um, hashtag justice for doubles. Never gets the attention it's, it deserves, <laughs> as you well know. But in uh, Roger's Cup, well, Coupe Roger, sorry, the doubles draw is actually pretty, you know, box office. There's a lot of, like, top yeah. players from the singles who are you know, wanting to find, you know, more practice on the on the hard court. So we've got Carl Eden partnering up with Taylor Fritz. We've got, oh, Talk of the Devil, Rublev playing with Zverev. We've got Dimitrov playing with Nishkori. It's quite an interesting partnership. And then FAA is playing with Pospisil and they're facing off in the singles. Fognini's playing with Luca Pui. So Benoit Pair with Wawrinka. There's a lot of top singles players choosing and electing to play the doubles, which actually they do do in, in Indian Wells. So I think... You know, it's obviously a good tactic if they just want to get time on court and practice. I've, I, yeah, I think for me though, the one of the biggest pairings that I feel like would would pack out a a, a stadium who've been playing this week in Washington, Kyrgios and Sissipas. I think they've said they're going to play with each other in Cincinnati, but not um, not in Canada. I feel like that is a. I, I love that pair. I love. Yeah. I love the idea. Of <laughs> I that knew pairing. you would. Yeah, I think most casual tennis fans <laughs> would love that pairing. I mean, they're both hot names, aren't they? They they will definitely draw the crowds, and you will, you will how, definitely get entertainment from that match. Like, when when I see these pairings, I'm just like, how how do they like? How does, does that happen? <laughs> yeah. Does does Kyrgios just like send a WhatsApp to Sispas being like, bro, can I be your doubles partner in Canada? Do you or think there's like, like a big WhatsApp group for all like 80 players? <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a WhatsApp group that's just like, dub, like if doubles. you need a doubles partner, yeah. uh, sing, like top singles players looking for doubles partners, WhatsApp group. Um, and then you, yeah, you put your name on and then someone might respond maybe. That'd be so Dim- good. Dimitrov Nishikuri. How does that even happen? I know it's it's really weird. I'd love to know the sort of behind the scenes, like locker room. I'd be a fly on the wall with these like conversations that happen. Um, that that would absolutely that would be so fascinating. But also, um, we have do 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 Andy Murray and Feliciano Lopez. I mean, that is just I'm so excited. I'm so excited for that. Um, <laughs> they're back together. Do we? Is this like? Do you think this is like the fair? Is this the farewell for the Andy Murray doubles? What do you think? Mm. Well, I, I sense that you know we, we've seen earlier this week. He said he feels like he's nearly back to kind of singles playing singles, and he actually I think he earmarked Cincinnati as a return for singles. So soon? Now, well, I thought that, I thought that previously they said it wouldn't be until after the US Open. I, I, but, know, oh. I know. I know. He's always thrown caution to the wind and then kind of come out with these, you know, uh, oh, it's going much better than expecting. Whether, you know, he kind of comes to, uh, you know, singles and, you know, doubles rather than kind of just singles. Um, but yeah, coming back to Lopez, it almost feels he's come back. He's going full circle. I know. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if they won again? I mean, I'm getting way too ahead of myself, <laughs> but I just, oh, I mean, I know it's not grass, so Feli's like, I don't know, impact might not be so strong, but we, we'll see what happens. I'm excited. So excited for that one. Would so, you Would you prefer a Lopez-Murray doubles or a Jamie and Andy doubles? Oh, um, well, I like both. They're both nice, but I do, I do like the Murray-Lopez 
I, have, I, I think I'd, ed- I'd go with that. I think they'd get my pick, actually. And, no offence to Jamie and, Murray. <laughs> well, actually, I think... I actually think that's a better doubles pairing on court, dare I say, than Andy and Jamie. I don't know if any of our listeners agree with me or, you know, just kind of, you know, looking back on, you know, all of Andy's kind of doubles partners since, you know, since Queens. I think he's, you know, obviously he's performed the best with Lopez, but I think for me, what on court, that is almost like... It's a the good most ideal sort of, yeah, yeah, it's just the most ideal sort of player well. to play with. Yeah, I always feel like with doubles pairings, you need a bit of difference, don't you? If they're both too similar, it's just a bit, mm, you need that kind of difference between them and the kind of contrasting styles, but the matchup, you know, works the chemistry. So we will see how they do. But um, I'm also really excited about the women's draw in, well, in Toronto. So we're moving to <laughs> Toronto now. The well, I, think Cup now. I think I'm saying that in a really British fashion, Toronto. <laughs> I think it's like Toronto or whatever. Um, that's what the Canadians I used to work with always said. They're like, it's not Toronto. <laughs> it's like Toronto. Um, Is it because you're thinking of like Toto in Toto, Wizard of Oz? Toto, what, from the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> 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 totally random cultural reference there, Joel, yeah. thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, who's your money on for the women, though? I think Simona Halep is probably dare we say it, the the favorite i mean after wimbledon and actually she's got really good form at the rogers cup or slash coupe roger you know she's actually reached the semi-final i think four straight times she's won it twice she's only lost two matches in the last four years in canada so looking at those stats you'd have to say she you know has good history at this event and the way she won the Wimbledon final, which was obviously her last match on court, just, you know, could send shockwaves <laughs> through anyone um, coming on court against her if she's going to, you know, carry on in the same sort of vein of form. Yeah, she is definitely got, you know, she should be, you know, buzzing, I guess, and carrying that momentum from her, you know, last, from her last match. Uh, I guess, I guess the only question is, is there any sort of, is there any sort of, um, you know, Rust but, having not played, yeah, you know, since Wimbledon. And I guess that's, you know, that's a question you could probably put to Nadal as well. You know, he's coming up against, you know, Dimonor, who's, who's someone who has been playing. And, you know, I wonder whether, you know, someone like Hallett, you know, maybe the only sort of, you know, challenge might be is, yeah, she might be caught cold in one of the earlier rounds by someone who's kind of been, you know, playing in the, in the weeks between, between Wimbledon and, um, between Wimbledon and, uh, and now because you know I think yeah she's obviously yeah great player but um yeah and I fully probably expect her to get to get to get to a final um yeah I mean, I mean her quarter final are... would be against Sloane Stevens, which I don't think would be too um too troublesome no offense no. to Stevens. I mean they've had cra- cracking matches in the past you know when Stevens has been on perhaps well, better well, form well Stevens so... was the, I think she was a top seed in Washington and, and went out in yeah, the first round so, exactly you know. and then it could be Halep Serena semi-final which would be quite uh, you know rematch Wimbledon final um, I mean we've got obviously Ash Barty um, world number one I think maybe slightly forgotten about her <laughs> but she's actually got a pretty tough draw I think in the second round she's going to play either Sophia Kenin or Suwei Shui, or um, dare I say, Hesia, as that uh, American <laughs> fan you uh, you were talking about before says her name. So I don't know. I kind of sense that that could be a, a potential upset from from either of those players against Barty. And then you know we've got Serena Williams. She 
she's playing, you know, after, she wants to play more tournaments, basically. She said after that Wimbledon final, she needs to find a way to actually win a final because she's lost three straight slam finals now. So, you know, these are the events she needs to be playing. She needs to be doing well in and getting to the latter end so she can hone her prowess, you know, for the Grand Slams and the big, big stages. So she's going to be, I think, hungry. And I hope, you know, her knee is kind of completely kind of fine now as well. She hasn't got any lingering issues. And you talk about a Serena Hallett potential semi-final. We could potentially also have a Serena Osaka Mm -hmm. uh, matchup in In the quarterfinals, I think. Yeah, and they haven't played since the US Open final last year. They haven't, have they? I wouldn't have thought so, given the few tournaments that Serena has played and Osaka getting binned out in like round one or round two. Yeah, (laughs) I love how you phrase that, Joe. It's so polite. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, Um, Osaka, though, she kind of came out, didn't she, earlier in the week on social media, as as she does, and she sort of said that since Australian Open, you know, winning it, she says she hasn't had any fun playing since Australia, which, you know, evidently shows in the results that she's had, which have been quite poor especially of late, you know, first round loss at uh, Wimbledon, wasn't it? And third round at the French. So, um, I mean, she's actually got a tough first round, well, round two, against uh, Zheng Shaishai, who actually is in the final of San Jose. So, I mean, that's, you know, you come up against an informed player after having not played in a while. It's not ideal. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, as you said, Osaka has, it seems Osaka has found herself, you, you know, she put out that like, she put out like a vo- um, like a note, didn't she, on, on Twitter. And I guess, you know, for her, it's like, yeah, she's got kind of a tough matchup. But, you know, if she can get back to, you know, the fundamentals and the basics and really enjoy, get back to really enjoying playing tennis, I think that's probably her, you know, pro- her priority. Now, you know, I guess winning will help your, you know, enjoyment on court. But yeah, she's just got to get back out there and just, you know, find a way to 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 be happy and kind of, you know, pick up some pick up some match wins. Yeah, and I think though the happiness must it comes from within, doesn't it? So yeah, you could, I mean, you could have have a have a terrible time on the tennis court, but other things <laughs> in your life could be going swimmingly. So you might just be like, oh, I don't really care so much. But I guess with her, it's you know, it's probably more obviously linked than that. But something is obviously gonna hopefully switch back into place for her, and we can kind of see her back to her best. I mean, just going on to some other names, we've got you know possibly. I mean, Joe Conter, like she hasn't played since since Wimbledon, has she? So I'm really intrigued to see how she's gonna crack on. I mean, you know, good form in the clay, good form in the grass, hopefully good form on the on the hard courts. I mean, she's got Yastremska first round, not not easy. And then possibly Azarenka in the second. So if she is going to go deep in the Rogers Cup, you know, she's going to have to bring it from the from the get-go. Yeah, Azarenka. Oh, Azarenka-Conta. That sounds... Mm. That could be very tasty. tasty. <laughs> I feel like any time Azarenka is a tournament, she'll give us like a little glimpse of what she can do, maybe get to like the third round and then like lose. She'll to... throw in about 50 unforced errors and <laughs> sort of get bageled in the next. I mean, it is so frustrating, isn't it? She is kind of one of those players where it's just like hit and miss sometimes, you know, as evidenced at uh, Wimbledon when she played Halep and it just kind of fell apart. But yeah, I mean, well, you know, Joe Conters, all three of her titles that she's won have been on hard court. So this is technically her best surface, if you're going to look at it that way. Um, and we've got Belinda Bencic as well. You know, she's uh, never to be discounted. She's actually 
well, she's got the most wins against, I think, top 10 players this season. So she knows how to beat the top names in, it, in these sorts of tournaments. Um, you know, she plays big when she kind of absolutely has to. Azarenka, you know, Azarenka, as we've just said, could play Contra in the second round. But she's actually going to play Camilla Georgie in the first round, who's in the final of the Washington tournament. So there's loads of players in good form at these other events that are coming in and they get first round matchups with, you know, popcorn names. And then you, you sort of don't really know what, what to expect, you know. Yeah. And and actually, well, one player that's not going to be there is Petra Kvitova, who withdrew, I think, due to a, a forearm injury earlier in the week. So it's unfortunate, yeah, that Kvitova won't, won't be there in, in the mix. But the domino effect of Kvitova not being in it, I didn't realise how, you know, the, how big these repercussions could be because, because Kvitova withdrew. It meant that Serena Williams was... Uh, bumped up to eighth seed, which I think means she got a bye. Venus Williams then was able to enter the main draw um, through direct entry. I think she was going to get a wild card anyway. Um, but um, yeah, was able to get into main draw, into the main draw. And then Kuznetsova took her like wild card spot. And uh, yeah, it was just like this sort of, you know, Crazy. One thing leads to another. But then, yeah. I don't know who put this stat out there, total of 34 singles Grand Slams between all those four players, which is quite cool. <laughs> so it's uh, it's funny. It's like when a lucky loser, you know, gets into the main draw and goes all the way through, um, which I think actually happened this week, but in one of the other events. But I mean, we've also got just, just a note before we kind of move on from the women's side of things. Bianca Andreescu is back in action. First tournament since um, she had to, well, she retired in Roland Garros, didn't she? With that, she's had a shoulder issue for quite a few months. So she's back. And then lo and behold, in the draw, she gets um, Jeannie Bouchard, who's been given a wild card. So another all Canadian first round matchup. And then I think a lot of home Canadian fans are also going to be looking out for Leila Annie Fernandez. So she, she's got a wild card. She's the junior that won Roland Garros this year. So she's, um, you know, obviously a lot of people are going to see how she's going to progress through, um, you know, onto the, the adult tour. And then just from a British perspective, Heather Watson, she is in qualifying. She's playing Iga Swiatek today. So quite a tricky matchup, I think, for Heather but we'll see if her and maybe Dan Evans can both qualify. I'm just thinking, Kim, you've got Andreescu, Bouchard and Leila Fernandez. I feel like that's the the past, the present and the future of Canadian women's tennis. Would, yeah. you, would you agree? It's Bouchard, that's a good way of analogising it. Yeah, I think, I think you're probably right. Um, yeah, I think Bouchard, you know, she wants to get back up the rankings, but at the moment I just don't see any evidence that that's going to happen. And then, I mean, Andreescu, yeah, if she can sort this injury out and get back, you know, she won Indian Wells, wasn't it? So she, she's definitely forced to be reckoned with, you know, and she, yeah, again, like just injury has just sort of stopped her in her tracks. But that is often the way with actually, you know, players that become really big, you know, they do have these really difficult first few years with injury. And then, you know, that makes them stronger as a person and a player. So, but elsewhere, talking about the future, Joel, we've had Coco Goff Mania continuing haven't we yeah out in washington she met michelle obama which is quite exciting yes she did uh yeah she it, i think it is interesting because it's like coco goff announced herself in at wimbledon and is now coming into all these kind of american hardcore events in her obviously in her home country and the 
it's just really fascinating to see the sort of reaction she's getting. And the impression I get is that this is a girl who is going to, she transcends tennis and, you know, things like, you know, that photo with Michelle Obama just kind of shows her, her transcendingness uh, over the, you know, over the sport. Yeah, like everyone knows her name. Like you were saying at work, you know, during Wimbledon, people were sort of talking about her and they don't know, know a thing <laughs> about tennis. So that, that she's a name that everyone's going to kind of know about regardless, really. I mean, she didn't sort of do the greatest uh, in the singles tournament. She actually, did she lose her first round, I think? But she won the doubles event. So she's got a WTA doubles title. She won that with Katie McNally, who is another up and coming, you know, American junior well she's not a junior now but she she won um she won a few double junior doubles titles but she um i know she well i first heard of her back in sort of the collies for wimbledon and uh like surbiton she's only 17 so she's again not another you know future american prospect um she got further in the singles she got to the semi-final didn't she i think mcnally so yeah, she did great and won the doubles of, with Coco Goff. But the final, we have Jessica Bagula, who I don't think many people would have expected. She's another American an American player, fairly young. I think looking at that Washington draw, it was kind of like, you. I think the top two seeds were Sloane Stevens and Madison Keys, And I assume the organisers were kind of hoping one of them would get to, you know, the semifinals and you know, create interest for the, the home crowd. But yeah, in, instead, both of them lost uh, early doors and... Yeah, Coco Katie Goff, McNally and Coco McNally, Goff come through. Pagula yeah. and and yeah, Pagula's. Uh, I think I was kind of looking up. She's not. She's not a. I think she's kind of twenty five. So she's yeah. not in that kind of category of like you know up and coming junior. I've never heard of. She's but, not a spring um, chicken, but she. Uh, she well, I mean, she's kind of announced herself like great stuff, great for American tennis, and we'll see what she does. She's going to be playing Camilla Georgie in the final. So again. Uh, perhaps a final that not many people expected. But out in the men's tournament in Washington, as we said earlier, we've got Kyrgios Medvedev final. I expect a lot of racket smashing in that one because they're both <laughs> known to be quite volatile. <laughs> yeah, I t- t- uh, absolutely agree with that. I think that could be very explosive. It could be, it could, uh, yeah, it could be explosive. I, no, it will be explosive. And uh, yeah, we're going to be talking more about that and Washington, and also San Jose and Los Cabos after this quick ad break. Nick Kyrgios, he has had a pretty a pretty good time in Washington, actually, getting to the final. Med- Medvedev, definitely winnable. And I think, you know, someone pointed out to us on um, on Twitter, if he wins, uh, if he wins Washington, I think he will become seeded or he would put himself in the... Um, in the in a good position to be seeded at the US Open, which I think would be best Relieving. for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Relieving for the other seeded players. We won't get a, a Rafa Nadal round two head to head again <laughs> well, with lots of tension. Uh, yeah, that would be nice if he could avoid that. But um, I mean, it's also been quite a good week for Peter... Uh, how to say this guy's name? Peter Godjewicz? Sorry, sorry, I assume that name, he's German, but I assume it's a Polish name. Um, He got through to the semis after being a lucky loser from, well, from Collies. And he beat, he beat Kyle Edmund in the quarterfinal. I know. I mean, I I mean, talk about being complacent as a British tennis fan. I guess we were like, yeah, Peter Godjewicz, Kyle Edmund into the semifinals, of course. But, but no, 
No, that was quite frustrating. I've, yeah, uh, Edmund had a really good win against Songa, who I think took out like the top seed earlier in the week. And I was like, oh, here we go. He's going to kickstart his American hardcore season by winning the Washington title. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> right. Didn't Getting happen. carried away. Yeah, and, I know. I know. A bit of a shocker. Um, it, it, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it seemed that like uh, it, in Washington, it was it was good. It was a good time. Well, it has been a good time to be a lucky loser because uh, I think, is it Nombert Gombos? Nombert Gombos. What a name. <laughs> what a Again, name. another player I'd never heard of. But um, I think, yeah, Kevin Anderson, who's having kind of a, almost like a shocker of a season with injuries, pulled, um, has pulled pulled out of Washington. Gombos got the call up as a lucky loser, um, came in and, and won his way through to uh, quarterfinals and, you know, lost in straights to, to Kyrgios. But again, it's great. It's, it's just great to see kind of lucky losers who are just like, what, what are they doing? It's like, I think he was literally, he had already booked his flight or whatever to to kind of leave the tournament um it is funny go. but also lucky losers um carl's rule wta 125k event out in germany liana camilleri she uh, <laughs> yes she's a lucky loser because she well she got double bageled in qualifying uh six love six love and then she became a lucky loser got into the main draw and then what does she go and do in the main draw, Joel? She gets double bageled again. <laughs> so she's not won a single game in four sets of tennis. I mean, would you classify yourself as a lucky loser if you get in but then get double bageled again? I feel like that must be pretty... A bit discouraging. Pretty demoralising. Yeah, yeah. demoralising is, is the word. <laughs> um, <laughs> another thing that happened this week, um, which I thought was quite interesting, we had a lot of debate on social media about this, was the Amazon Prime kind of renegade on on the fact that they didn't show the Andy and Jamie Murray doubles match and they said they would it was a televised call am I am I right in thinking and then where was the coverage no one could get onto it and hence we had a lot of complaints I know absolute I mean it was an absolute own goal from Amazon Prime's point of view um uh, yeah it was it was a match like everyone I guess was wanting to watch and they said that you know, said it was going to be available and, and wasn't. And yeah, I think just kind of everyone like missed out. And uh, I'm not, it was due, was it due to a court change? Was it kind of like, it was one of those matches that was scheduled for a court, but then because the Edmund match went like really long, it got like put on a, another court and uh, Prime only, I think has only like a camera on the stadium court, I think. And it was like on, court two so mm, that's possibly. why it was kind of like yeah. not available to like british fans which was kind of a little bit frustrating yeah because yeah because they look they look really good and Anno- annoyingly i think like it was like a point here or there but i definitely think they could have won they could yeah have they lost in the course the didn't title. they to Clarsen and venus i mean who are obviously really fabulous doubles pairing but yeah a bit a bit, bit uh frustrating especially you know amazon prime need to make sure that doesn't happen again <laughs> Um, another thing that I thought was quite um, controversial, perhaps, was the scheduling at the Washington Open. Because it's a mixed event, men's and women's. And I think was it on the Friday, the quarterfinals, they put all the men's quarterfinals on the, the main court, like the centre court, stadium court. And then all of the women, you know, were shoved onto the secondary court. And, OK, to be fair, the ATP event is a ATP 500 the WTA event, you know, it wasn't a premiere, it was an international event. So I think technically the ATP event is a, is a higher 
status um strong perhaps stronger lineups um but i think it's still it's if i had a ticket to the stadium court i would want to see a bit of men and women like if i'm going to a mixed event i don't just want to see four men's matches i thought that was really unfair was i feel that was a little bit surprising because it's like if it's a mixed event then why you kind of like splitting out like the men and women onto kind of separate courts um you know i quite like i actually quite like these like rogue i mean they're quite infrequent aren't they like washington i think is it not obviously indian wells miami rome madrid like there's quite a few mixed events sorry i mean mixed events i mean mixed events at like a lower a lower lower level yeah this is a 500 and a Mm. international whatever Um, yeah yeah but um yeah i feel like you should like maybe like embrace it a little bit more and like splitting it out onto kind of separate courts feels it might as well be in different tournaments different cities yeah i think i think that was a bit of a a a balls up i mean i just you know i understand from certain perspectives but i just think at least have i think i think it should be equal two and two i do wonder though if if sloan or keys had got to the quarters or you know a, a big name from the draw had got to quarterfinals whether that you know it would have been a, a different story because as you said like the quarterfinals in the, the wta d- don't really have the you know they're not really household names are they i mean we you don't mean jessica know bagula who... isn't a household angel <laughs> i mean honestly not, not yet kim not <laughs> she yet. will be she could be watch she this space be. come on jessica <laughs> <laughs> Um, we've all said the San Jose tournament, which is a premier event. So that's where the top women were this week. And Sabalenka's in the final. So she's she's potentially back in some in some form. Arena Sabalenka, terrible year she's had, but she's back in the final of a tournament. And she's going to play, as we said earlier, Zheng Saisai later on today. Um, so that's a bit of an intriguing matchup. But also, really random, and Amanda Anisimova came out on court with a dog. On a lead, as you do. <laughs> Random, but I love it. Uh, what was was that like? Is was it just was it just Anna Samova? Was it just that match? Well, that's the clip I saw. Um, basically, I think they were partnering with an adoption shelter for dogs, and so they were promoting the shelter. But I mean, that's it was pretty cute. Like, I think didn't we talk about this in a previous pod where we were saying how dogs could be like the ball kids? You know, dogs could replace ball kids, and you could that have would be like, amazing. That dogs would be amazing. like chasing around getting the balls. And <laughs> um, I can't imagine like any sort of British event doing it. it would but be so I love chaotic. that. Like, I love like San Jose uh, trying this out, and it, it did yeah. get me thinking, Kim, and and to our listeners as well. Like, like walking out with a dog. Is there any other sort of animal or thing or I don't know that that you'd love to see like a player walk out with? And kind of get you in like a like a warm, like happy, buzzy sort of mood. It's quite Cause... random, isn't it? I mean, but that dog was cute, and I do hope it found a home after Enesimova. <laughs> you know, showed the world its beauty. Um... <laughs> Maybe, well, was that the idea? It was like oh, Enesimova so. was like showing off this dog to the crowd and hoping like the someone crowd in the would audience be like... would be like, "Yeah, that's my dog. <laughs> I'm going to get that dog." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's quite quite random, um, but yeah, San Jose. So that's going on today or later on um and also as i said earlier carl's rule wta 125k we talked about liana camilleri who got double bagel twice in a row but another player we mentioned last week was patricia tig who was basically unranked she she had no ranking when she came back on to the tour after several years off but she's got to her second straight final 
she's playing Van Utvank today. So, you know, quite a, a budget tournament, I suppose. But she um, <laughs> she's sort of going to make the most of it. And I think that's obviously a one way to announce yourself, isn't it? To make consecutive yep. finals on your comeback to the game. Yeah, and we also had uh, Los Cabos as well, ATP 250 in Mexico on a hard court, Kim. Not on a hard play. Court. Hard Not court. play. Hard court tournament. Well, Dom Ingram um, had a good week there. He got to the final. Yeah, I, well, I was going to say, you know, all, the, all this chat about like Andy and Jamie and Andy's doubles partners, uh, Dom Inglot and his partner, Austin Krychek, they're in seriously good form over the last yeah. few weeks. I think they beat... Um, did they beat the Bryan brothers last week and now they're into the final in uh, Yeah, but they no, they, they lost the final um, oh, yesterday, okay. but they lost to uh, not the sort of most uh, well-known doubles pairing. So a bit annoying. But yeah, they've had, yeah, they won um, Atlanta, didn't they, last week? Was it Atlanta? Yeah. And so, yeah, consecutive finals, great stuff. And then Schwartzman won the singles event, as we mentioned earlier, and beat Taylor Fritz in the final. So actually a bit annoying for Taylor Fritz. He's reached two finals in two weeks, but hasn't managed to win either of them will he become another you know Nishikori winning <laughs> uh, losing nine straight finals like you know you don't it's 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 annoying when you fall at the final mm. hurdle isn't it yeah well Taylor Fritz is yeah he's making a name for himself mm. I'll just go back to that point earlier on you know Shapovalov becoming like the forgotten man of the next gen and uh, I feel genuinely in this kind of like leaderboard like this like leaderboard you've got kind of Zverev and Sissipas and then yes Fritz is kind of kind of coming up that that sort of tree along with uh you know like Oje Oje Aliassim and it's kind of leaving you know Shapovalov in 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 their wake a little bit because yeah. Fritz is a uh, Fritz and I think Fritz and you know Dumanor as well they they are having breakout seasons on the on the tour this year yeah they just need to do something at slams don't they because it's all very well doing great at 250s reaching the finals but slams are you know obviously a different level so I, I, I wait to see what they're going to do on the big, big stage. But I think that pretty much wraps it up for this week. And we'll be back, I think, next week, Joel, won't we, with a, a roundup of all the action at the Rogers Cup and the Coupe yeah. Roger. And the Coupe, and the Coupe Can't Roger. Can't forget the Coupe yeah. Roger. <laughs> <laughs> You've just made me think of, isn't there a doubles player, Roger and Takao? Oh, yeah, Jean-Julien Roger. That's spelled R-O-J-E-R. <laughs> and I was always thinking Ro- Roger Federer really should play this tournament because it's, it's his cup. Like, surely, you know, he's like, it's got my name on it. <laughs> it's got my name on it twice. Well, you know. Yeah. It, well, it, he's. I think, yeah, he's, he's going to be back in Cincinnati. But, yeah, we will be back uh, next week for a catch-up on all the goings-on in the Rogers Cup, in the Coupe Rogers. So, hope you can join us then. Um, in the meantime, remember to follow us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Passing Shot Pod. And if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, please uh, rate us and leave us a review. Um, if you're listening on, to us on Apple Podcasts, it would really, would really appreciate it and would really help us out. But yeah, we hope you can join us next time uh, for another edition of The Passing Shot. But for now, thanks and goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.